Right now, it is a pleasure to be joined by my colleague over at SNY, just wrapping up hosting Mets post game. He is Gary Apple. Gary, the theme of the show so far has been the Mets' ineptitude offensively. I know it's only 12 games, but boy, what a frustrating start for this offense. I, I would agree with you, Sal. And by the way, the last caller, I don't know if he's a regular, but you need to shut that down quicker. Sal. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, listen. <laughs> Listen, disappointing night tonight. The bats were silent. They had a chance there in the ninth inning. But I thought when Santana gave up the home run to Xander Bogart's top of the ninth inning, that was the game. So um, when it was all said and done, the bats were very quiet tonight. Five hits, not going to get the job done. It's been quiet. You know, the six and six now early in the season, and the bats have not really woken up yet. Do you think it's too early, or is there actually something to And look, I know the big sample size, yes, big picture, it's only 12 games. However, Gar, we didn't see this last year with this team early on. They didn't lose a series till mid-May. They didn't get swept till September. That's already out the window, Series 2. You know, this is an important game coming up tomorrow afternoon, a rubber game here, and a series against a good team. You know, the Mets didn't lose series a lot last year. Is it too, Are we overreacting to this team, or there's some signs that maybe they aren't as good as what they were last year? No, I think to me it's overreaction because I don't want to compare this year to last year. Yes, they won 101 games last year. They went out in the first round of the playoffs. I don't want to compare this season to last season. I think every, yes, it was a terrific regular season, but it ended with a thud last year. Uh, September was not a good month. I thought they were hurt by the fact that Starling Marte went out. They were not the same offense after he went out. And then the pitching wasn't there for them in the postseason, and it was quick. They were out in three games against the Padres. So I do think it's 12 games in. I'm not comparing this year to last year. It was a very different season. Um, It's a long season, Sal. And they have not gotten great production at the bottom of the lineup so far. Justin Verlander hasn't pitched for them yet. It's it's, it's, It's early, and I'm not jumping to those sorts of conclusions at this point. Listen, one of the things I don't think they addressed and I think they are thinking maybe that it's going to come from down below, whether it's going to be Vientos or it's going to be Beatty down at third base at some point. Um, the DH spot to me is still a problem. They have not gotten any power out of the DH spot so far. I know Daniel Vogelback has, you know, his on-base percentage is solid as it always is, but they need production behind Peter Alonso. And that, that's still an issue for me to see where that's going to go and, and how that's going to play out. All right, so forget about the comparisons to last year. However, there is some carryover. You mentioned the DH spot. That was an issue all last year. It's an issue this year. Left field, third base, catcher. Different reasons. You know, they try with Norvaez. He's out for two months. Third base, Escobar, struggling again to start the year. Left field, you mentioned, Canna, light hitter, fan not getting it done. So the four spots, DH, left field, third base, catcher, still an issue this year. How are they going to fix all those spots? No, I'm not, you put words in my mouth there on Canada. Uh, I don't think he's a light hitter. Is he a power hitter? No. Uh, last three games, he had five hits. He had three doubles. I'm a Canada guy. I like Canada. I think he's serviceable out in left field. He played 141 games last year, Sal, and I think he can be productive. He's versatile. He can play left. He can play center. He can DH. He's played first base already this year. I happen to like Mark Canada. Bottom of the lineup, yes, they, they've got to get production out of Escobar. And if Escobar is not going to give them the production, they will go get Beatty. I'm convinced of that. They would like to give him his at-bats down to AAA, hit a home run, had a good night tonight for AAA Syracuse. He's in the balance there. But you know Buck. Buck likes to play his veterans, and he's going to give 
Escobar every chance possible to get it going. If he doesn't, they will go down below. And I do think they'll do the same thing for Vientos, you know, as a right-handed bat from the right side. If Tommy Pham's not going to get the job done, and Pham did have a big hit in the ninth inning tonight, Sal, but again, he's a veteran, and I think Bucks likes to see what his veterans can do. We are, what, April 11th? Let's give it some time. Let's give it this road trip out to Oakland and to Los Angeles and then to San Francisco. And then when they come back at the end of April, if things are still an issue, okay, then you maybe start to address them. But I think it's too early at this point to hit any sort of a panic button. How about Francisco Alvarez? You mentioned that ninth inning. Alvarez came up with a chance to be a hero. Buck talked about it in the post game which I know you guys are doing the show, I was watching and then reading some of the comments, talked about how he can't have emotional at-bats. It was clear watching him. He was trying to hit the ball you know, 10 miles in that spot and give Met fans what they wanted to see. What do you think of Alvarez so far from what you've seen and how the Mets should handle him moving forward? Well, he's pressing. There's no question in my mind he's pressing, especially in that last at-bat. He had struck out his two previous at-bats. He did not need a long ball there. They had second and third. Single ties the game. We go to extra innings. They have a chance to win the game. No question. They, he, he, he was chewing O on him there. And Hayter's next two pitches were above the strike zone. If he had been patient, he could have walked and loaded the bases and Nimmo would have come up. There's no question in my mind he's pressing right now. He's played a handful of games, Sal, in the big leagues. He's 21 years old. I do believe he's here. You've got to play him, whether it's as a catcher or as a DH. His bat needs to be in that lineup. He's got to get experience. And it was interesting. You know, Todd Zeal you know, turned to me after the postgame show, and we ran highlights of Vientos and Mauricio and Beatty all hitting home runs at AAA Syracuse tonight. And then you look at what Alvarez did for the Mets tonight, and Todd turned to me and said, you know what the bottom line is? It's a lot easier at AAA than it is at the big leagues. Hmm. And I think that that's on full display here because Hayter threw seven pitches to Alvarez, and all seven of them were at the top of the strike zone or above the strike zone, and you saw a guy who was pressing, not patient, going after those pitches, and he ended up striking out. So there's a huge, huge learning curve here from going triple-A to the big leagues. And, and, you know, Buck Walters mentioned this so many times. It's the biggest jump in all of sports, going from the minors to the majors. And so if you're going to have Alvarez here, and Narvaez is going to miss the next two months. He's your top prospect, is Alvarez. You've got to play him. Let's see what he's got. It's early in the season. Now's the time to see if he can acclimate to the big leagues. I'd like to see him in there as much as possible. We're talking with SNY's Gary Apple, host of Mets pre- and post-game. I mean, you do just host, right? Is there anything else that you do uh, for the Mets pre- and post-game shows? Uh, you know, Sal, we joke that I sometimes have a, a touch of managing editor. Um <laughs> in helping the, the producers and our coordinating producers uh, make those decisions. Um, I don't think they like me trotting out that self-imposed title, but I, I do help in the shaping of the show. Let me just, we have a terrific staff. We have a ter- the, the best in, in the business, but, but I do try to add my editorial expertise along the way as we go. Okay, I just wanted to clarify that. And I do agree that we do have a terrific <laughs> staff over there at SAY, yes. but I just wanted to clarify yeah. Um, you look at this starting rotation, you know, it's one thing to have the lineup be thin because we, I mean, at least I expected the lineup to be thin coming in, knowing that they would at least need another bat and it hasn't been great for the lineup 
through 12 games so far. The bullpen, all right, without Edwin Diaz, you knew that was going to be a blow, but still they've looked pretty good. But the rotation, I mean, the Mets are built on this starting rotation and its depth, and it's being tested very early here, Gary. You think they have enough right now in that rotation, or you think they're in dire need to get Verlander back in there ASAP? Oh, I think they're in dire need to get Verlander back. When you pay a guy $43 million bucks and he's going to be at the top of your rotation, and he's not there, you're missing him. So this team is built on the fact, as it was a season ago, that they were going to have DeGrom and Scherzer. And we saw that that did not work out like they had hoped. And they still won 101 games, despite the fact that DeGrom didn't pitch until the second half of the season. Now, they need Verlander back, especially with Quintana out. And Quintana's not going to be back, if they're lucky, until after the All-Star break. But I'm not fully convinced when he's going to get back at all. So um, I think Peterson did a nice job tonight. McGill was terrific in his last start. I think those guys are serviceable depth pieces, but you need Justin Verlander back. And from the reports and from hearing from Buck today, it sounds like when they go to the West Coast, he's going down to Port St. Lucie. If all goes well, he'll have a rehab start and then come back and rejoin the team when they come back from the West Coast. No question in my mind that without Verlander, uh, it's not going to be a good thing. So they need Verlander back. Scherzer last night better not at his best, but five shutout. Uh, they're built on those two guys, Sal. They've got to have those guys at the top of the rotation healthy and producing. Sometimes, Gary, maybe we could end with this here. Sometimes it's just not your year. There's luck involved in sports. You know that as long as you've been covering it and around these games here. You know, Diaz goes down, Quintana, Narvaez. Sal, 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 it's 12. I've got to try. I want you to talk me off the ledge. No Verlander. i got to watch DeGrom taking every freaking start. Verlander, nowhere to be seen here. Sal, it's 12 games. We, we need to just pull back a little bit, relax a little bit. Let's see what happens. It's a very long season, Sal. We saw what happened last year. They had that huge lead on the Braves. Next thing you know, they weren't winning the division. I'm aware. Yeah, nobody's more aware of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but listen, it's such a long season. There's no reason for panic at this point. Uh, let's see how it plays out. When the time is right for panic, I'll say, okay, panic. But this is not the time on April the 11th, a dozen games into the season, and Justin Verlander has not pitched for the Mets yet. Yeah, uh, but that's part of the problem. He hasn't pitched for him yet. Are, are you are you doing the West Coast games next week, or do you take those off because it's uh, you know too late? I'm doing no. I'm doing most of the West Coast games. The only two that I'm not doing are the two games that are not on SNY. I think there's a Fox game or an ESPN game and a an Apple or a Peacock game. One, so those I am not doing. But the, all the games on SNY and picks, uh, I will be there late into the night. Um, maybe a little cola to keep the senses strong at one in the morning, but um, I'll be there providing what I provide on a, on a daily and a nightly basis. And you'll be the quick turnaround tomorrow, right? Tomorrow afternoon, you get the Mets pregame coming up with the afternoon game. That'll be an early wake-up call tomorrow morning. I'm almost home. I'm in the car, almost home. Alarm will go off 7-ish. We have a pregame production meeting at 9.30 and then we're on the air at 12.30 and ready to go again. All right, looking forward to watching you, as always. He is Gary Apple. Thanks for your time, Gary. Enjoy your few hours of sleep. We'll see you tomorrow at the office. Thank you, Sal. Great to be with you. I'll see you tomorrow. Gary Apple of SMY. Catch him on the Mets pre- and post-game coverage. Does an excellent job there. And he keeps level-headed. He keeps me, he, he keeps me in line a little bit. You know, I could be crazy sometimes. I know that.
I like to overreact. It's what I do. I panic. I'm just not seeing it right now. That doesn't mean that in a week I won't. Hey, look, let's say the Mets win this game tomorrow. Take two of three from the pods. Go out there and sweep the A's. Take care of the Giants. Beat the Dodgers. You know, all the above, whatever order it may be. And then I'll be feeling good. See Verlander back. But right now I'm thinking no Diaz, no Quintana, no Verlander, no Narvaez, no offense, no starting pitching depth, no hope. I'm worried. Need to stabilize things here. It's an important game tomorrow, I think, for the Mets. Important early season series. Let's see if they could get that two out of three, something they did so well a year ago. 